thank you once again for tuning in to this special episode of Vote Expressions. Uh, today, we have a tag team edition, uh, myself and my lovely wife, Juanita. Um, and we are... Um, <laughs> we are joined by two great educators, two... Uh, <laughs> two great people to uh, uh, a married black couple even though a lot of time in media they don't want to show two black people actually be together uh, in things but uh, if you would introduce yourselves hello I am Daniel um, and I am married to hi I'm Andre Dowdy <laughs> <laughs> we've been married for 20 years mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Your, uh, and, your uh, we're, both, we're both dope educators. Uh, <laughs> we both love serving communities. Um, we love teaching and really helping others, especially our students of color, the black and brown students of our world. Um, sometimes they get left behind and it's our job. We just try best uh, to provide strategies to others so they don't get left behind. So they succeed instead of survive. And that's excellent. I, I know, Andre, you and I talk, um, we've talked before, um, and as also talked to my wife about how I've never, uh, well, one of the things that interested me when you told me you were an educator was that I can only think of, I've had maybe three male teachers, three or four male teachers in all my years, you know, been in, in uh, school, and only one was black, and that was my band teacher. It's like I've never had a black male teacher for you know academics. And I also wanted to point out that my wife has been an educator as well. Here, you want me tell them about your education experience? Like, give him I can. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you go ahead. But yeah, as far as education, um, have a master's in education. I thought at one point I was going to be like the uh, superintendent or whatever of administration. Uh, got into, I'm from Jackson, Tennessee, first of all. Uh, got into um, working at a school here in St. Louis. Found out that I wasn't all the way black, according to my kids. Um, they heard my southern accent and was just like, oh, uh, we don't know where you're from, but we're going to school you. And they did. So that's what they did. And I love, um, I think I worked in the charter school for probably about probably about six or seven years. Um, loved it. Every day wasn't a challenge for me. But you talking about um, being hazed. I ain't never been hazed like that in all my life. And I am a member of a Greek school. <laughs> it's like, oh. But yeah, working from kids, um, charter school that was second grade to eighth grade. And uh, you're talking about all the emotions, um, everything that you can go through with a, a child and kids were mine by the end. Um, yeah, but it's, it was definitely a different experience working uh, in that black charter school. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Hey, those kids will tell you the truth, won't they? Yes, all day. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I had a, a student, we, we had an argument or something happened that morning before going to school. So I'm in uh, first period with like the seventh grade group. And I mean, I'm teaching, my hair is on fire, but I'm teaching with some, uh, and one of them asked and she raises her hand. She says, Mr. Dow, you good? 
and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. What you mean? She's like, nah, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You taking it out on us. And then she started doing the hand movement in the head. And she let me have it for about a solid 30 seconds. And I'm about to jump back off on her. And she's like, nah, don't take that out on us. Just because whatever happening at the house, you can't bring it up here. You need to teach us. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> Let me just take a water break. Took a water break. I had to come in and apologize to them. Uh, but yeah, she she read my mail something ferocious that day. So take it the truth. And let's be clear. It wasn't an argument. We have <laughs> communication. It was an intense moment of communication. Mm-hmm. And that, that had to be when the kids, Jayden, it was probably just because it was Kip years. Mm-hmm. So that had to be when our oldest was anywhere between one and two so i i could see where that intense conversation happened so understand those those one and two years just 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 those moments you just wake up and you're just like you ain't slept she ain't slept and, but you both got to go do stuff and it's just like and the baby they're just happy they don't care that you didn't sleep they're like hey it's like he still does that now. He'll wake up. He want to be loving, just kind of like right now. Like I think he's more so because you guys are on the screen that he's really kind of active. But no, yeah, we we definitely understand that. But um, yeah, yo, how how did you get into uh, education, or how how did you get into one to become a? I don't say teach, but yeah, I guess education works better. <laughs> Okay, so I've always wanted to be a teacher, uh, but in high school, I said, oh, I want to go the, the journalism route. So my undergraduate degree is in journalism. Um, I worked in the business for years. Um, after I became pregnant, I'm going to stay at home with my children. And so by staying home with them, I was really just I became drawn to how they learned and how they explored and did things and also of course Dre was an educator his mom is an educator so I've been around it a long time so after my kids um, got old enough to start school I decided that I was going to go back to school and um, become a teacher so this education is a second career for me um, and I just I I adore children. Mm-hmm. I adore seeing how they learn, you know, and just how they uh, grow and develop. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's the short version of how I got into education. Yeah. And oftentimes you get into the field and like those veteran educators, you know, who's got the oil, who's got the juice, you know, who can teach instantly. You can tell the rapport, the connection with the students, the kids. The first time I saw this beautiful woman, uh, read like a, a story, a picture book to my kids. I was like, she's got it. She didn't know it at that time, but mm-hmm. I was like, she could teach her butt off. I mean, the way that she captured all of their attention, even the ones who don't like to pay attention. I mean, she was hooking them in. She was using voice characters and I mean, reading with expression. I mean, all of that stuff. I was like, wow, here I am, the teacher sitting down just doing this like this because i mean she she had me hooked so when she uh when danielle said she wanted to be a teacher and go back to college and get the degree i was like yes let's go because you've got it yeah. you're welcome <laughs> 
And that hit me to a uh, real hard spot too, because that's my thing as far as reading and teaching kids. I love reading and seeing them like excel. Because um, I came in, um, actually, I was blessed to come in to the charter school that I was. I was going to come in to Teach for America. I was going to see how y'all feel about Teach for America people. Uh, because the charter school was like, yeah, you come in to teach for America, those kids gonna eat you alive. And I was like, okay, I may not do that then. Um, but <laughs> hey, once again, they telling the truth. Hey, because <laughs> every year I saw those teach for America, they would come in so happy, and that business owner would come in like, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm a, I'm this, I have this kind of money, and those kids were like, are you gonna give it to us? Then we don't care. Um, <laughs> But uh, coming in as a tutor and teaching reading, um, seeing those kids at different levels and just being able to kind of reach them where they were and bring them back because it was kids that they were just like, oh, they're never going to be able to, um, you know, ever come to this stage, read on the kindergarten level and they're in like fourth grade. Oh, they're never going to, you know, that's that's them tapping them into prison right there. So, you know, that's just like, yeah, but that was my biggest thing. I'm just like, Seeing that, being able to move them to the grade level that they're supposed to be in versus where they where the expectation of them was always going to be there. That was, yeah, that was my heart. Like, that was a big part of me right there. Yeah, And I, I appreciate what TFA is trying to do. Oh, yeah, most definitely. What they've done over the years, you know, how there was a teacher shortage and they were like, we can fill a need with this need. Um and like you said, there are some of them who come in so green and they're like, I'm going to change the world. And I'm like, not with those expectations, you're not. <laughs> not with that classroom management. Uh, but there are others who, once again, they walk in that door the first day and it's like they had been teaching for 20, 25 yeah. years. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think it's just that hard work. Kids know your heart from the moment you walk in the door. Like I would still be teaching now. Um, if you know, if Daniel hadn't changed our whole career paths and mindset, having a child on autism spectrum, like that'll change your whole uh, <laughs> the way you think about everything. Because I taught kids on the autism spectrum, and I knew this, and I had all this research database. It's like, oh, you got all this, girl, you got it. So uh -huh. I had a child on the spectrum. I'm like, I got this. I did not have it, y'all. I did not um, at all. I had <laughs> the ability to teach kids on, you know, 30 kids in the classroom, charter kids, uh, black kids in a classroom, no problem. I joke with everybody, one Daniel, it can take me out for the whole day. That's, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so if you don't mind me asking, what were some of the things that shifted your philosophy in education by having uh, your child? Uh, a lot of things as far as, well, the resources for our black children, um, they look different. Uh, my, I, I even saw a lot of the kids that I personally believe had autism um, diagnosed or misdiagnosed, um, defiant disorder. I'm not sure if you know what that is or defiant disorder um, basis, but it's, it's so many different things. But it's, it comes down for me is there are the resources and what we're telling parents and what we're expected to tell them. Um, years ago, I had the opportunity there when I was you know, undergrad, I said, well, I can either be in a lawyer or I can be in education. I said, I wanna be in education because I can always be honest, I can always be real. And I didn't never think there would be a point that people want me to lie to get those points across. But yeah, I, I have to, for me, this is just my opinion for where I am. It, I've seen schools and even now after COVID, I've, I've seen a big change in the reality of what they're, uh, what 
the administration or admin is expected to tell and be honest with things. My best friend is in an administration role right now. And it's just difficult. It's never easy. The SPED meetings never get any easier, um, especially with admin, um, what you're expected to, to tell the parent versus what you really want to say. Uh, yeah. Those things. <laughs> Oh, I know that one all too well right there. I know that one all too well. And I think that's what makes the parents respect you more and trust your voice and your words more yeah. when you can pull them to the side and say, okay, this is exactly. what's about to happen in this IEP meeting, but here's how blah, 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 blah. And after this meeting, let's sit and just talk for a moment so I can explain to you what this is actually saying, what it means, and what those next steps are. Like having that type of communication uh, really does bring the trust with students and with parents and, and community. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's my thing now. It's just like finding those resources and um, I'm starting a nonprofit to specifically help in that, in that realm to bring back into the community. Um, because I, I feel like I can now, you know, you always hear black folks talking so much talk, I'm gonna do it. If you don't get the game actually rolling, if you're not doing anything, then stop talking the mess. Actually walk the walk that you're stepping in. So that's my thing. Um, you know, I, after having Daniel, I'm like, that. that is what I need as a parent. I believe that's what's needed in the school. So I believe that's the bridge, the gap kind of opportunity. So after this, please, we, we need your Instagram, your Twitters, so uh, we can retweet, repost, read all of those things. Yeah. Most definitely. Because uh, when one wins, we all win. If there's anything that we can get those those resources out to parents for you and connect you with other parents, hey, let's, let's 100%, let's do that. That's my goal, yeah. <laughs> well, I ain't wanna just- You go No, no, that was good. That's where I like to, to, to walk away and have the conversation keep going. Um, I know one thing I, I know I, I wanted to ask, uh, since both of you are currently teaching, um, or what, because uh, I, I, and I know I sent you a video earlier about how um, the non, the absentee kind of leadership um, regarding COVID uh, guidelines and whatever, how that is causing confusion and also kind of conflict between the schools and the parents. Um, how has that experience been for you two going on? What is this? two is this two or three years dealing with covid in schools and it's like how how's that impacted you or what, what are some things that you you've noticed and, and some things that you think you would change yeah i've i've heard someone call it today on twitter this is season two of, of 2020 <laughs> and i just started i, I was rolling <laughs> that's funny uh yeah season two of 2020 uh the effective leadership that we've seen, they overly communicate. Okay. Straight yeah. up. Hey, this is what's happening. Here's what our policy says. And since our policy says this, this is what we're going to do. If this changes within the next X amount of days, uh, we will communicate with you again and give you updates based on what our policy says. And they overly communicate this through emails, uh, through social media posts, through board meeting minutes, I mean, through news channels, like they are overly communicating 
just to give everybody that transparency that so many parents need. The opposite is just that. The ones that are having high COVID uh, run amok among the districts and schools and are the ones who are not putting policies in place or not adhering to what their policy says and or making it political. But the ones that I've seen helping teachers and schools around the nation, they are overly communicating to parents and to teachers so then they can make their decisions what's best for them and uh, their families. Okay, and what, uh, where are you located again, just for the audience? We're located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay, uh, so, cause I know here we still pretty, have pretty much have uh high COVID cases i think i looked the other day we're one of the highest and yeah we have like i looked i checked that morning once it was yesterday it was like thirteen thousand new cases oh, wow. so, where are you located st louis oh okay yeah he said we're not visiting you anytime <laughs> yeah. <13, 000? laughs> yeah i so, mean we're not far behind. we're not we're not yeah that number just hits you in the face all over again. Because once again, we don't want to do another season of this. Right. And um, <laughs> and I want to say the, what was it? The first, yeah, last last semester, the first week back, because um, there, there's St. Louis City, the county, then there's other, you know, smaller districts, whatever. In St. Charles County, which is close to us, the one was it the school or the district? I want to say it's just the school had like 250 cases that week. And so they end up immediately having to shut back down. And it's, and so that's, and, and so I guess that's the, the thing about not having, uh, and, and as you said, not following um, the guidelines there are in place um, among other issues, one being um funding or adequate use of funding like money being allocated to the schools when nobody actually do anything with it such as um putting in ventilators or having people there who can do adequate uh adequate cleaning or provide masks and whatnot but you're saying for for your school you're you're seeing all that in place and how you know you're keeping not just the kids safe but also the teachers Oh, full, full transparency. Yeah. We just went back virtual. Okay. Oh, today. Today. What time like, today? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> End of the day, they were like virtual. Um, it, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things, and and with children in such um close proximity yeah you know it's only so much that we can do yeah inside of a classroom um i mean it it, it was just it was just meant to spread I, I i don't see any other way around how it could Waiting this long is surprising to me. Yeah, we, we did a good job holding out as long as we could. Like, totally if you think about all of the elementary schools, the middle schools, the high schools, most of them are boxes. Most of them are small. Yes. And then in America, especially, all of the class sizes are way too crowded. 
Yeah. And then you really can't do six feet. So then they said four feet. Then four feet turned into, was it three feet? Yeah. Turned into three feet. And then you're saying, how do I three feet space <laughs> apart in the elementary school? We're supposed to sit on carpets or in the elementary school and we're in rows or groupings. Like how does all of, and then passing periods for middle school, high school or both tech schools, like it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's rough. It's yeah. challenging. And then yeah, when let's, they, when let's, they, let's be honest. I mean, if people really did what they were supposed to preach, do, woman, we probably would be in this situation. Yeah. Some people are like, you know, I want my freedom, and it's all about them. So this yeah. is this is why we're here. Also, also, full transparency. Andre already knows this from being on here and talk with me. Um. You're 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 free to say whatever, <laughs> as far as that regards. Like if while people not doing things, he and I have those conversations a lot. Uh, you know, he he knows that's something I talk about. It's like so, yeah. If you want to say, yeah, people are being stupid about the things that they want to talk about their freedoms, then yeah, feel oh, free to feel free to say so. I am I I do not shy away from the the conflict. People are idiots. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's yeah. That's the statement. That's the statement. Yeah, they they, they, they talk about their their freedoms for not getting the vaccine. It's like, well, it's about freedom, and it's like, how? And it's like, do you wear your seatbelt? Yes, that's yes. a law. That's something that they pass. It's like, you know, if you have kids, did you get the other vaccines that they are required to get before they attended school? Yeah. Then yes, it's like, then what makes this one different? It's like, well, it happened too quickly. It's like, do you think that, do you think, do you think that they're not constantly studying things, or do you think that they're just like, well, we got a new thing, start working on it now, and they're just like, okay, and it's like a movie to where they can come up with a cure in like forty-eight hours. It's like, no, this is just because you don't. It's not in the 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 circle that you look in. Science is ongoing. They yeah. they keep doing things. This is not something that it's just. You know, they they call it coronavirus nineteen because apparently it's like the, the 19th variant or, or whatever. That means there's 18 other things that they had kind of a basis to go on. It's the 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 excuses that they have start to break down once you you know once you and when it gets down to it, it's because somebody that they trust is somebody who they feel like I don't want to really think about this, so I'm going to give my my opinion to an expert, right? Or no, not an expert. They 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 give the power of choice to somebody else. So then, when they tell them, they'd be like, "Well, they told me this, so that's what I'm going by." Yeah, I heard two things. Uh, once again, I, the circles that I sometimes get to just ear hustle with, I pick up a lot of things. Um, first thing I heard was from someone who believes a little different than I believe. Uh, they believed that the reason why they don't want to take any of the vaccines is because they have seen what happened uh, to people of color taking things. And the way that they framed it, they didn't want to just flat out say Tuskegee syphilis experiment, but they were sure inferring to that. And they were like, the black woman was the one who came up with the vaccine and she's going to put it back on us. 
And once again, uh, that is not the smartest thing to say, but for whatever reason, in this person's mind, from the message boards that this person reads from, this is the belief. And so I, I feel bad for them thinking that, um, and they are deathly afraid that the evils that happened to the Tuskegee experiment is gonna come back around here. Well, here's the thing for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, you don't want to take the vaccine, but can I get you to put on a mask? Please. But right. you don't want to put take the vaccine and you don't want to put on a mask. I mean, come on. Yeah. And just stay right. home. Something. <laughs> you put on the mask, but it covers only your mouth. Oh my God. Like, God, what are you doing? Come on. Or I've seen people, I've seen people to where they'll have the mask on. And even at work, and they'll just be sitting there. It's like if you're gonna do that, then just it's like why why even bother? Right. Is that what I mean? Right. And it's like I just had groceries delivered before we got on. It's like so for most part, you don't have to leave the house if you don't want to get a vaccine. You don't want to wear a mask. Then stay your butt at home. Please. It's like if you it's like and and that's the whole thing where a lot of people it's like when people complain about being censored and not being able and not having freedom of speech, which as I'm sure as educators, it's frustrating to view that people constantly use phrases and things and don't really have the context or understanding of what they're saying. They keep talking about freedom of speech when that only refers to the government shutting you down and keeping you from saying things. It does not mean that if you say something and I don't like it, then I can't fire back on you. Mm -hmm. It's like you have the freedom to say what you want to say, and now I'm using my freedom to call you an idiot and to list all these reasons why you are factually, historically incorrect. Yes. Uh, the freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of consequences. <laughs> and that's that's one thing I always love to say. It, it does not. Then that's what people. That's what people really want. They want freedom of consequence, which I'm I'm pretty sure you you guys see. You know, um, being around. You know. Uh, kids or younger adults is the the thing of wanting to do something and not not have to face the consequences of those actions or what what have you. And it's it's frustrating. It's one thing when you see it in kids. Speaking of chick on him, he's about to eat our shrimp. Uh, it's one thing to see in he's like they're not here. Let me dig in. <laughs> thinking of freedom of consequence. But to see it in young people, and it's even, it's even more frustrating when you see it in supposedly adults, because that's something that you think would have grown by that point. And when it doesn't, it's just like, you know, I don't know, it, it reminds me of something, uh, and I think I've told you this before, is that growing, growing old is mandatory, growing up is optional. Mm. It's, the, it's that thing is like, you know, you just because, uh, what's, or, or as they say it uh, in the South, there's no fool like an old fool. <laughs> yeah. You know. But um I, I also saw a tweet that said uh, some of you all failed fifth grade science and the scientific method and it shows. Right. <laughs> they just don't wanna continue to work on uh I just people are so funny and silly, but they also throw in those truths in there. Yeah. And I've how how do you guys feel seeing those videos of um, angry parents going to those uh, 
town hall meetings, whatever, going off on teachers and explaining the scientific reasonings and different things about you're breathing carbon dioxide into your mask and it's going back into your body and that's how that's unhealthy. How do you feel about um, basically certain certain politicians and maybe some other, you know, pundits, whatever, pretty much kind of making it harder for teachers and administrators to do their job because they're getting these people riled up. And then, you know, they're kind of forcing, you know, kind of forcing you guys to deal with that. I, I think many of these politicians play into um, the uneducated. And so if they spew enough and say the same thing over and over again, there are the uneducated that will believe it. Yeah. And then they'll start spreading it. And so basically they look stupid and they sound stupid. Yeah. And so they will they, they'll take this to these board meetings and they show how ignorant they are. And it's just ugh. it's unfortunate that the way you're gonna say there you go. Unfortunate. <laughs> um I had a chance to talk to a, a doctor here locally. And uh, I said, ooh, a doctor, I, let me pick your brain because you know I'm inquisitive anyway. Let me pick your brain about all of this, what I'm hearing and, and, and this doctor had a private practice. Oh, great. So this is what I've been hearing. And I wanna make sure that I'm giving real information out once again to our parents, our colleagues, our social media. Um, our voices carry some weight here uh, in Oklahoma with our friends and our family, and they trust our voices. So like, okay, so talk to me about this. Uh, COVID, what are some of the things we should be taking? And so I said, this is what I've researched and saw, like vitamin C, what else do we have? Vitamin D, zinc. zinc. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, so we like, th this is what we've been doing um, and, and it, it's work, we, like, what else is there? And this doctor said, in so many words, sometimes people just try anything when they're desperate. And so me hearing a doctor say this, red flag, wait, <laughs> I need you, the doctor, to, to give me, you know, cited APA 10, like, you're gonna give me some real here. And they're right. like, yeah, people are just trying a little bit of everything and it's working. And I'm like, okay. And then that's when they went into the Ivermectin. Oh, the, the horse tranquilizer? Yeah. Oh, and they were God. like, it's really not, it, the way the, the doctor explained it is that when you take this, um, it, it works not just for horses, but it works for everyone because whatever you take, once when it sits in your stomach, it releases the chemical that attacks all of the bad. So stomach ache, it releases the chemical, attacks all of the bad. And so people were taking this and it worked. And so that's when they start spreading and say, well, I've been taking it. I've been taking it. And I was like, yeah. Let's get to the root. Like, who just says, let me take this, this pill that's made for horses. Yeah. Who just one day says that. 
And when I went into to that effect, from what I heard, there is there were there are some cases, very small cases, to where yes, it is okay for human consumption. However, because it's for horses, which are so much bigger and stronger than us, the correct dosage that you would need to administer is probably more so than the average person would be even have the um i don't know how to, uh, medical know-how even the tools whatever to take the amount that would actually that would actually be appropriate for you right. and then there's the fact that covid is a respiratory issue yes and that taking a horse dewormer is not going yes. It's, it's and like, that's it's, where I said to myself in that moment, Carl, real talk, I, I just quit the conversation because I didn't want to ask any more questions because sure. to me, that was medical malpractice. How are you as a doctor whose your job is to study this and you're telling people to take the horse dewormer, de dewormers. I can't say it. Yeah. Dewormer. And it's supposed to sit in the stomach and. Did, and she, did she say to take it with uh, some bleach? Drink it down with some She bleach? didn't. <laughs> no, but she said the other one, hydrochloroquine. Oh my God. And, uh, All the buzzwords. And she said it attacks, it attacks the bacteria in your stomach. Hmm. And my response was, but isn't this a respiratory issue? <laughs> And um, and there was a small pause, <laughs> and that's when I just knew at that time we we're in trouble. We right. Uh, because I can only imagine had I shared that with Danielle and we put it out in our social media, different parents would trust our voices, and they were like, "Well, we've heard some of the things that are working from these school teachers, and they're inside the classrooms, or they're helping students, teachers, parents, uh, admins all day." This is what they've been taking to not get mm -hmm. sick. They'll, I can see that. But so that, that goes to show that you need to stay in your life. Yeah. If I'm a teacher, I'm not telling you what to take. But as a doctor, <laughs> if a saying. doctor is telling, if the, if the patients are coming in and they're saying, I think we got COVID, what should we take? And this doctor is saying, take a horse warmer or take this hydrochloroquine because yeah. it's working. Now you've just released that to every, well, I talked to a doctor and the doctor said, well, well, my doctor, and I think it was that misinformation <laughs> that snowballed so rapidly. Um, and then personal leaders say, well, this is what I've taken. I've, I've taken and it's worked. And this is where we are here, season two. Here we are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Big, like. Bigger budget, bigger cast and just... <laughs> And like you think it's a budget, but uh, I mean, that's that's why my doctor is no longer my favorite doctor is no longer in practice because she couldn't she couldn't sell it. She couldn't sell what they wanted her to say anymore. Right. As far as that's that's what she told me. She had to quit. I'm like, where is my doctor? I'm looking for her all during COVID. She finally called me. She said, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to leave the practice. Um, it was things that they wanted me to say that I, I couldn't be real about. And I'm just like, well, hell, I don't have a doctor anymore, but I do understand <laughs> what you're going through. See, it's but, how it affects everything. It does, yeah. yeah. So shout out to the doctors and the, the people in the medical professions who have helped so many and yes. who are trying their best to tell the truth and give sound advice and sound wisdom because this sure has helped us stay as healthy as we could be and it's helped so many parents and teachers and students as well. 
Mm-hmm. Now, one of the besides COVID, one of the other things that, um, uh, as, as your wife pointed out, certain people prey on the uneducated. One of the issues, another issue they've pointed out is CRT and how they took a a topic that's taught in what's say graduate school. Law school. Law law school. Yeah, law school. So not even college. You know, you go to college, but then it's so a subject that's so far removed from the kids that they're talking about to where it's gotten to the point to where they're taking out books by Dr. King and um I forgot other other people's civil rights, even some books about women's suffrage suffrage. And it's turned just as they turned COVID and taking a vaccine as a freedom thing, they turned CRT into this catch-all to where it's anything that does not place America as um, I don't want to phrase this. Perfect. 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 I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with perfect. I, I was going to say something else, but no, yeah, perfect. Um, uh, what what are some uh, issues that you you've seen of her uh, with that, or is that is that an issue in uh, Oklahoma City? Oh, it's it's an issue everywhere. You want to go first? Or no, go? Okay. Just, um, <laughs> so in this line of work that I get the opportunity to do, I do workshops and keynotes and things like that. And uh, before the 1619 project, there was something called culturally responsive teaching. And we call that CRT. And that was all of the buzz in 2018, 2019, and at the beginning of 2020 with George Floyd and Tatiana Jefferson, with all of our uh, the, the recent killings uh, from the police. And in that culturally responsive teaching and learning, it was, we need to address how to best serve and teach the truth in education. So if there's a Hispanic student in your class or several Hispanic students in your class, culturally responsive teaching and learning is your books should have some books of Latinx authors. Your, Your library should be very full and diverse. And if not, what are you doing action steps to ensure that this becomes diverse because it just should not be one way. And so we use that acronym CRT for that. And there was some pushback to that because now you're saying affirmative action. Now you're saying, wait, but but the classics, what about the classics, the classics? You're telling us to pick these different books. What about the classics? And so there was some pushback and some fighting back and forth. Then the 1619 project came about. And the 1619 project really debunked a lot of the folklore of our American history. Folklore. Folklore. Lies. Lies. I'm trying to be diplomatic here, friends. Um, And it reminded me of this book. And I always have this book nearby just because of it. It is called Lies My Teacher Uh, Told. And when I first read that book, it broke my heart because in the elementary school, in all of our historical uh, textbooks, 
they really paint a pretty picture of our America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in that book, it basically uh, they looked at 13 social studies books, history books, just to see how accurate they were. And all 13 of the most popular uh, reading editions, teaching editions in this, this sta- in this United States, zero of them were accurate. And so they go through and start explaining the real history with cited information. Uh, it reminds me of the story of you in your second grade, Christopher Columbus. You want to share about that? <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what. Oh, just tell me. I, okay. <laughs> uh, instead of Christopher Columbus Day, Danielle in her second grade class, uh, she just told the truth. She taught the truth of how Christopher Columbus wasn't the hero that Christopher Columbus Day poses and shared it out to the students. And the students were very receptive to it because they are students. So we didn't need to lie and say how amazingly brave he was and how he was the first person to America when we know he wasn't. Right. Uh, or the hero that he was, and we knew he raped a lot of our indigenous ancestors. I did not tell my second graders, for the record, that he Okay, let's get it. Was it was really appropriate, appropriate yes. <laughs> but once when you figure it out and once when you realize those truths, um, it changes the way you think of our America. And what I truly believe, the reason why so many people don't want CRT or they framed it as CRT um, is because it puts a big blemish Mm -hmm. on our America. Uh, Once again, the people on the internet, they'll shoot the truth and and shoot you straight. They said, if Ruby Bridges had to deal with it and she was only five or six years old Mm -hmm. in school, your fourth graders, fifth graders, sixth graders, seventh graders can learn from this as well. Yeah, because I um, I don't know if I sent you this or if it was, because I'm trying to think, because I record so much stuff and then I'm trying to remember, like, did I actually publish it yet? But on, on one of the other little shorts that I do, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was a random thought to where I was going off on people talking about CRT and how white privilege doesn't exist for some for some reason or whatever. Um, and that was a, a thing that upset me to where, oh no, I, I remember what it was. It was Miles for Liberty um, in Tennessee because they, they wanted to ban these books, like, like I said, by Dr. King. Uh, and they always started, well, we're not racist. It's like, you're not racist, but you just want to diminish the conversation about black people in America, even though that is also American history. They just talk about it once a month because they don't talk about it any other time throughout the year. And they also frame it in a different sense to make it seem like that it's not American history. We were in America. We're, we're not talking about stuff that happened over in Africa. Because, you know, we were going there, none of us really, you know, have 23andMe on hand to figure out where we are exactly. No, we're talking about our time here in America. And it seems kind of funny to where it's just like, well, you have America. It was a country. It was founded. And there was these group of people here. And we want to purposely downplay or not even discuss the role that those people had to play 
in the, in the formation of our country, the fact that they fought in every war, the fact that they pretty much helped build the South. Um, and yet when we talk about it, you're like, well, why does it have to be about race? It's like, because you're purposely excluding a race of people. And as you said, uh, one of their things was they, they wanted to not talk about uh, slavery because apparently it was too traumatic for their teenagers. They were having to go to the guidance counselor and I was just like, what exactly were they telling them? Because I remember- <laughs> They were telling them the truth. And I think that's where the concern lies. I, I'm a person always trying to think of perspective, think, you know, why is it framed a certain way? And if it was framed that way, how would you feel introspectively? Um, imagine that second grader in Danielle's classroom and that second grader realizes that Christopher Columbus was a bad man. Mm -hmm. And then that second grader learns that George Washington uh, didn't chop down a cherry tree and that George Washington had dentures and whose teeth did he use for those dentures? Like, imagine the reframing of this second grader learning the truth about our America, learning that all of the presidents had slaves. Some of them didn't like it, but they still had them. Imagine how that produces a citizen from second grade all the way to 15. That goes against what you know, our founding fathers believed and that goes against the 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 happiness that we want our America to have. Because the they'll understand that it's not the home of the free, uh, the land of the free and the home of the brave because everybody here wasn't free. I mean, if, right. if your second graders really understood that people who did not look pure white were considered three fifths of a human, they weren't even a whole human. Like that reframes everything. And so we're just trying to erase it. But what I love most about this is that we've got this thing called the internet. And no matter how much you try to erase it, we've got YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter. We've got all of these mediums now that will teach you what you try to deny. That's true. And you have teachers who are still teaching the truth. They're not teaching CRT. They are still teaching culturally responsive teaching and learning. But they are also teaching us that, um, that Mima and Granny and Grandma and your uncles and your aunts who, uh, who lived in the South, a lot of them um, had this Confederate flag. And a lot of them still have this Confederate flag. Like, like they're teaching the truth. Um, and so I rally behind that. And a lot of our students are realizing this truth as well. Mm -hmm. um, one more thing, and I'll shut up. I love that I was reading a statistic, and it said that this generation, this generation that uh, our Generation Z, yeah. more interracial uh, marriages are happening and relationships are happening in Generation Z than any other generation ever. So we're, we're crossing lines and crossing races and, and loving people of different skin. And when you do love someone from a different skin, you're going to have those conversations. So I think we're in good hands. We just got to keep fighting that good fight and getting that good trouble. All right. And as I, I like to say, they're getting that good trouble. But also, uh, 
but yeah, and that's and um, speaking of different things, I think I I can't remember if I put this on one of my stories, but it's something I've talked about before. <clears throat> one of the yeah, just looking at things for different perspectives. One of the things that they do to try to, I guess, try to well, I'll say trick because they're doing it. They do it on purpose. When you think about Dr. King and um, I was going to say Harry Tubman, Dr. King, Rosa Parks, and uh, Malcolm X, and other great civil rights leaders, how many of those pictures do you see are in color? Yeah, and. They put they don't put them in color because they want you to have the impression that this this point of history oh this was so far back yeah or it's just like no we have Dr King on TV we have in color Technicolor Dr yeah. King talking about different things and talking about issues we have him talking about how he kind of regrets the the path that he started because you know. Um, He's, he feels like it's starting to do more harm than good and or different things or or you know talking about how you know pretty much america uh what, what was the phrase uh america has written an insufficient check and how you know he was before he was assassinated starting a poor people's campaign and how he was um wanted to, wanted to help uh, indigenous people and just all these different things that they gloss over because they don't they they have their frame of what they want you to think of when they think of civil rights. It's like it happened so long ago. It's like no, it, it's it's a shorter distance of time than they want you to think. It's like it's like we have our parents were alive then. Yeah. It's like there are people you know we have family members, and we're not talking about grandpas and grandmas who are old enough to remember being the first black person in their class, being integrated into their class. And it, it spits in the face of all the people who think, well, okay, well, we did have slaves. We had a civil war. Um, some of them are kind of confused. It's like, well, it wasn't really about the slaves, but we had a civil war. And even though slavery was not the reason we fought the civil war, um, this is what happened, you know, they were freed afterwards, which is kind of funny. It's like, if the war wasn't about them, then why were they released afterwards, you know? And they, they had this thing where it's a pipeline straight from civil war into slavery to now, to Obama. And it's just like, no, there's a lot of stuff that happened in between there yeah. where we were scratching and fighting and clawing for every little bit of rights that in the, in the paper that you guys talk about so much, fight for rights that, according to you, we were granted at birth. But yet we constantly have to fight you for, and every little bit that we get, you say, well, I already gave you this, isn't that enough? It's like the fact that you had to give it to me is an issue. And how, you know, people don't want to look at that or think about that and, uh, well, that, goes, that goes back to the framing once again, though. Right. right. If you think about a lot of our um, school books that we use for text for reading, um, a lot of those publishers, their parents, their their companies themselves were founded during those times. So it would move them to keep it glossy and pretty. Uh, <laughs> and what I love the most is that our teachers just know that America's messy. Correct. And it's okay to say that our America is flawed. Really? 
And we understand that, we know that, we gotta embrace that. And I'm not sure if, if our generation will be the one to take that over that mountaintop, proverbial Dr. Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it is messy. Yeah. Just like every other country. If you and, were and to it's like they, sorry, and, and it's like they're forgetting that it's it makes it even greater <clears throat> if the fact that we acknowledge that we are messy or were messy, you know, still are, and that yet we can still be great. Yeah. <clears throat> there's it's nothing it's like if you like you're you know, you and I are into movies, there's nothing more bland than a hero who doesn't change during a journey. Who's somebody who came, oh, they're great. They're always great. And right. so they're great through the whole hour and a half that you're watching them. It's just like, well, I didn't care because they were always, it was like, there was no struggle. Yeah. Like yeah, if, we weren't, if, if we weren't trash and didn't keep getting better, it's like then that, that diminishes um, kind of the story. It's like to say, well, we were always great. It's just like, well, okay, if you say so. Here's a question for both of you all. Yeah. How do you all combat it in St. Louis? Um, I'm sure in St. Louis, there are some times where they kind of try to push you all in one way as far as what to teach or how to frame certain ideas. Um, what does it look like from, from a St. Louis point of view? You can go. For me, uh, at the NSY, I'm not in education because um, even the charter school that I was well, that I was in, that's been years ago, they would want you, they always had to push an agenda. I remember, like you said, with the CRC, they were pushing that agenda uh, on us um, as a reading specialist, as someone that actually taught in the library. That was that was always so funny. I'm like, okay, so you're pushing this on me. I was already um, into the teaching the kids into this cultural realm, but now you want to do it this way, uh, which is which is fine, but who is going to benefit from it? Who are you doing this because you actually care about the the content that we're teaching? Are you just doing it because the, the grant funding looks good at this time? That's always what I'm, I'm, you know, that's my mindset when I think about our children and what they're learning. Um, but yeah, this, and even now, um, you know, just coming from the South and being here, I've even realized that our, I don't want to say our, well, you tell me I can say what I want to say. Uh, our racism looks different from Tennessee. Uh, coming from here, I was, I was, I'm, I'm always able to see things. I always joke people say I don't think I'm probably on the spectrum too. I'm able to see things a little differently. Uh, coming from Tennessee, it was very blunt. Uh, you, you knew who was racist there. Like you said, they had a Confederate flag up. Uh, hey, you were in, and that's it. Okay, that's that's what you are here. St. Louis, very different. Um, the the agenda that if you're racist, if you have a racist agenda here, it kind of looks more so, um, I would say status wise, and they put you in kind of that um, kind of agenda there. It, it looks so much different. So when you have someone that's pushing that racist agenda of education into that factor, it really, it, it hurts me to see that on our black children because they see um they're getting used to it if that makes sense they see someone that is speaking down to them in a derogatory term or a derogatoriness of speaking over their head and it's very to me it's very heartbreaking uh, because they're getting used to that in the classroom and i'm not saying that's in every classroom here but that was some of the things that i did not like 
what I love here um, as far as education is seeing our black teachers work together and seeing them move up and kind of come together. And I guess when you see something like that, um, you can see people kind of come together. And it doesn't always have to be all black. I have, like I said, my best friend is a Caucasian woman who's in administration who is uh, fighting her butt off every day in a black charter school and That's making enough. sure people know that she is vividly and, you know, overly the top of every, um, you know, as far as fighting for those of color. But, and that made her kind of, made both of us actually come together and kind of unify um, as working together. But I'm sorry, I kind of go off on a tangent when I start thinking about those things, but it, it is so much here in education and seeing like my eyes are so open to different things. It can't just, you can't just have a, a closed mind and think that, you know, that's gonna work with children. Children are transparent, they're authentic, they're gonna call you out like you were saying in the beginning. They're gonna call you out on your BS in the beginning. Not gonna have a chance to keep moving with it. Um, and even with that CRT working in our school system, we started that in 2016, right after my son was born. I remember how to go back um, 2016, 2017 um, with that grant program. And those kids were like, what in the, is this? And they take that, that was, a, that was a, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And trying to explain it to them. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not even going to try to explain this to you because, you know, I can't lie to you. I, I, that was my conversation with my students. They knew I could not lie to them. I said, this is something I don't like, but we're going to try it because it's something that is new. You always try something new. And if it doesn't work, then you step aside and you figure out how to make it better. And that's what we did with it. And we did make a, a great effort with that in our school system. I, I love how we kind of turned it around, um, even though it was pushed a pushed upon agenda, but it was still uh, made into something great. I think that's one thing that I really love about us, us as teachers, as educators. Uh, we know how to um, see the weeds from the grass. Yes. Like, we know, okay, yeah, here's something new that y'all want us to do, but we're going to still teach this because this is what our students need. We're going to teach that. We're going to teach this. We're going to lift up this. We're going to put emphasis here. Um, and we're going to get through the politics. We're going to get through the BS. We're going to get through the whatever it is. And we're going to meet the needs of whatever the students are in our classrooms, in our hallways, or if it's admins. We're going to continue serving our community, even though the politicians or even though our super admins and our superintendents or whoever it may be is pushing something else we know the needs of our of our constituents and we know the needs of our communities and i'm seeing that a whole lot since covid than from before covid it's like a lot of our educators are like enough is enough we know exactly what they really need so we're going to push it yeah. we know that they need more social emotional time so we're going to lift that up a little bit more Instead of suspending these kids, we're going to give them time to breathe. We're going to give them time to walk it out, calm their nerves. We know they didn't curse at us and we should suspend them for five days. They were cursing because they were upset in this situation. Like there's a lot more knowledge now from us yes. educators than before. And so I can appreciate that. And uh, well, I didn't want to spend the whole time talking about bad stuff. I also wanted to talk about 
how you two work together as a couple and how I, you know, I remember the, 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 the first episode I've seen, uh, that was it, the still caking. Uh-huh. And, so cute. and I remember showing it to my Thanks wife. I was just like, Say what? I said, Thanks for watching. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I loved I, it. Yeah. And I remember showing it to her and I was just like, I was like, this is Andre. I've talked to her. She's like, okay, that's your, that's your, that's your, that's your friend. She, she was, and she was, she was doing something important and I was on my phone. I think we were, I think we were making a band or something. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I have to have them on. I wanted us to, to get together. And I love the fact that, you know, you do that and the, um, uh, what was the, what had happened was when you talked to the teachers. Um, and I, and I love that. How do you two find the time to actually do stuff together, you know, to, to be like, okay, we're going to sit down, we're going to write up something, we're going to do this. I love this man. Uh huh. <laughs> God knows I do. God knows I do. <laughs> God knows I do. He has, he is the one who drugged me out to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, babe, I am busy. 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 But he, oh my gosh. He comes up with these ideas and, you know, I just try to be the loving and supportive wife. Oh. <laughs> So you were saying, uh, Kev and Liz, the kite and the. Dream. I was just gonna say that the kite okay. and the string. Yeah, um, Danielle is the string. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. I, I am a dreamer. Uh, <laughs> the still caking came from. I'm overly romantic with my wife. No ifs ands buts about it. You can call it simping all day long. I'm going to simp all day long because I love this woman. And I noticed when I when I first met her and she kind of gave me that look like, hey, and I was like, I'm going to marry you. Fifth grade, I've been in love with Danielle. And so I don't mind sharing to the world how I love. Um, I wish that my parents taught us or taught me different romantic ways to love her mm -hmm. and it really didn't happen in all the books at all the christian bookstores they didn't say much uh and so right. i was like okay I, that's where still caking came from right how how do we after all these years love. still find time to romance and love each other um i'm gonna be honest with you transparent moment we had to quit still caking just because yeah, yeah, i hadn't seen uh, any uh, episodes recently? Yeah, we tried to do it once a month, and then just life happened to the point where Thank you. we haven't had a chance. So whenever we do another episode, we got almost a year's oh. worth. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's a lot. Um, but what we did find out is there's a lot of students and there's a lot of teachers, parents who wanted to share their stories in education. So mm -hmm. that's where the sea had what that happened. It was a lot easier to record those than it was still caking. And that's why you have it here. Am I supposed to eat this? Cracker. Say cracker. And we would love to have both of y'all on still uh, caking. I mean, not still caking. <laughs> on see what had happened. 
because we would love to hear a story, uh, whether it be a good story, bad story, everything in between. We love to, to hear some of the stories, perhaps from education, uh, Juanita, that you, you've had, or from as a parent, how you all are best serving. Um, he just left us. Oh, man, that fast. That fast. Then he was out. Okay. Yeah. Um, Daniel. Yeah, we, we would love to to hear some of the ways, and it would be a conversation just like this too. Right, most but definitely. I did want to ask Daniel, what was something? And I know you said he's he's a dreamer. You're you're the string keeping him, you know, tethered. Um, <laughs> real, real quick, what is what is what is one benefit that you feel that you've gained from kind of being kind of more out in the open now? Um, I've learned to be more transparent. Um, just, you know, just open up. Because usually I'm just having this, these conversations with him but when I'm talking to other people, you know, and, and seeing that we have shared experiences or I'm giving advice. It's just allowed me to be more, more transparent. Okay. So I, and I don't, you know what, what, since I'm the string, I feel like I, I, I'm not strong enough to pull you down. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, you just keep going. <laughs> I do. So I do. yeah, do. here we are. Yeah. But at the same time, let's be real though. Like you're dope. And the world needs to see your dopeness. I appreciate that. And <laughs> this is one small way. Cause I get to see it every day. I get to, we have the conversations behind the closed doors, and I'm like. This is fantastic. Why don't other people hear these great ideas? And it's just kind of warm demanding of pushing, saying, you are an instructional leader. Let me push you out into this open because you can really help a lot more people. Um, and I think that has happened since the push. So she's helping a lot more teachers. She's helping a lot more parents. Her voice is, her voice is being heard. Uh, her platform is raising, and um, I couldn't be no, I couldn't be more proud. I really could. More prouder. More prouder. I said that on. I couldn't be more prouder. Always teaching. Always. Teaching. Yeah, you're, you're really phenomenal, really. And I'm not just saying that because she's my wife. Once again, teachers know when you see a really, a really strong educator, you know, in an instant um, and just seeing Danielle in her zone of genius, just instant. So. I appreciate it. Oh, I, I can't think of a, a better note to end on than that. that. That was perfect. Thank you so much. Once again, thank you so much for giving up your time. Uh, I know you're busy, both really busy people. So thank you once again. Um, how can people uh, reach you if they are so inclined to do so? Yeah. Oh boy, it's what's been your, so long. Uh huh. What's your Twitter handle, baby? <laughs> okay, my Twitter handle. Man, I haven't been on there in a while. I know. Um, it is Mrs. Dowdy, uh, spelled M R S D O W T E E. One nine zero eight is my hand, mm -hmm. and I think it's the same on Instagram. Why? Why is it one nine zero eight? I mean, since you have to ask, I mean, 
Y'all see this face right here? <laughs> Best year ever. Love it. Yeah. First, finest, you know? <laughs> I'm about to say something. It's not going on. It's not going on this video. Uh, I know. I'm such a hater. I love it. Uh, yeah, I love that she has D O W T E E because sometimes people just say our name wrong and phonetically it just doesn't spell Dowdy. So we get it. Uh, mine is that I need people to understand if you can say Charlize Theron, you can say Andre Dowdy just that simple so a-n-d-r-e uh last name d-a-u-g-h-t-y andre dowdy there's only two of us in america Ooh. one lives in new york oh. one is a content creator <laughs> just like me one is a musician just like me the other one is also a photographer i'm not a photographer uh but yeah i, I haven't met him personally just dm'd him like what's up andre and he's like wait what so yeah uh, there's only two of us i'm the one that normally has the bow tie <laughs> i would be saying he'd be dressing nice that's why i was like do, do i need to change my shirt because like i know he's gonna be looking nice so i need to change my shirt go get out here <laughs> it's been a rough day real talk it has been a long rough day Indeed. Uh, but we here we are here uh, baby, you want to give your your information because you you also have a a podcast and different things that you do. You know, uh, my my podcast is Queen and Queen Podcast. I would love if my server would join me one day. I only talk to Queen, so that's that. You have to be the first. Yes. I'll be honored if you can. And uh, as far as all my handles, I am purposely playing life on all major platforms: uh, Facebook, Twitter, everything. Purposely playing life um, because my son's life gave me more life. And his life, um, you know, is purposely planned by God. So, purposely planned life on all major platforms. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you can find me, uh, those who are used to this field, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Bold Expressions. That is B L D Expressions on both Twitter and Instagram. I have a Facebook. Still not sure if I'm going to connect those or just come up with another one. She made me get it. Uh, if you look for me on Facebook, you can find me at Carl Liggins. Carl with a C because K doesn't make sense. Yeah. Carl with a C. <laughs> um, and his ligands. Uh, I know that what, what was it, what was that play I was in? They they, they may be French. Like ligands. I was like, how did you get this wrong? I go here. Like, how did you get this wrong? That was but um, that was but yeah, L I G G I N S. Um, you can also find me. Uh, if you want to send me an email, give me ideas or whatever, you can reach me at my Gmail, bold expressions, the number four at gmail.com. Once again, that's bold expressions, the number four at gmail.com. You can also find me on YouTube for my much shorter series, Random uh, random Thoughts, where I talk about different things that just pop in my head. I feel like talking about, um, there's also commercials I've made, uh, possibly since, you know, we're both on camera here, probably put this episode up. Um, you can find me on there, Boat Expressions Podcast on YouTube. Uh, once again, thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to all the people who support. As I always say, thank you to the most importantly, the people who, the, the guests, because you could have been doing anything else. This is an hour, 30 minutes. Could have been doing anything else with your time, but you thought enough was kind enough to spend your time talking with me and my wife and just listen to me ramble. So I can't thank you enough for that. Thank you to the people who listen 
it touches me so much that people are just bothered to hear what I have to say. I don't have any expertise in anything. I just think about things and just want to hear what other people think about things. And I say, you know, hopefully other people will like listen to me too. So thank you all for that. Uh, have a good day, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this or watching this. And as always, don't be so busy proving your point that you forget your purpose.